Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church and counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are still in studio here. And uh, in this particular podcast, we are wanting to hit topics, uh, questions that we've got from our email address, topics at speakthetruth.org. And so we wanted to take this uh, podcast to answer um, quite a few questions that we've got. And uh, I would just like to apologize uh, for those of you who uh, had sent questions through uh, other way, like on our website, when I was creating the website, um, there was a widget um, that you guys were able to engage with us, and I didn't have that going to my email, so it was several months before I even realized that. Um, so I apologize to you. Uh, we do care about your questions and we're glad that you responded. And again, I apologize that it took a while uh, to, to get to them. And so we're, this is something we're going to be doing um, on a monthly basis. Uh, questions that come in, um, anything from a topic or um, some people have shared, you know, a scenario, something they're going through in their life. Um, and so where we could use that as a case study, um, um, in, in some ways. So just, just know that, um, we are engaging, um, but uh, we want to engage more. So I just want to encourage you to email us at topics at speakthetruth.org. And then on our website, you can uh, speak with us. And basically what it does is when you put your information in there, it notifies us and uh, allows us to see it. Um, and so some some of you didn't put um, contact information. Um, and some things with that you guys are asking, it requires a little bit more um, research or thought to engage. Um, so it's not that we're not dismissing it. We just you know, some of these things require us to, uh, you know, really spend some time on it. So, for example, we also rec- here recent, most recently, were uh, given the uh, the question just about, you know, obviously what's going on in our culture, and uh, just discussing just the reality of uh, just the level of racism in our country, you know, societally, um, and then just in other uh, contexts, and just looking at the uh, the question of systemic racism, um, you know. But the reality is, it's it's not just about answering the question whether or not that exists. It's also more from a biblical perspective. How does the church respond to that? And so that's how uh, we want to answer that. And we will be answering that. Um, So to that request on being able to respond to that, just know that we are going to be responding to that for sure. Uh, it's just going to require a little bit more. That's uh, something that you flippantly respond to. Well, it was, you know, who we had to come and join us today for recording isn't actually available until July, which then means the podcast will come out later in July, maybe 1st of August. So that's kind of when you can be on the lookout for it. So obviously we want to, you know, record that as soon as possible. But the way that we do it, it's we record and then, you know, you have to yeah. edit and send it yeah. out and stuff. So just be patient, but we are, and, and pray for us, pray for the conversation, pray for uh, the preparation, pray for our guests that we'll have on and, um, and what that will look like. So yeah, that we good. can communicate truth. Yeah. So that's good. And so just know, uh, that we will be responding to that and please be encouraged. Uh, we do want to hear from you and we want to help. 
um, as directly as we can. And before we jump into the topics and questions, Shauna has some questions for us. Last podcast, we did this where we just kind of, Shauna had some questions that we personally answered. And so we kind of want to make a thing of it. So Shauna, what's your question? So, so this is the part where if, if you don't like this, get to know you, you can hit that 30 second. Mark yeah, button or you, whatever, can, uh, you or, can, you can push the podcast a minute or whatever. What's one thing you'll never do again? Listen to you speak with your nose closed. What you just did like this. It sounded like this on the microphone. That is not funny, Jeremy. Don't encourage him. I didn't do that. I had an itch. It my nose itched. Does it does it alleviate the itch when you sit when you pinch? Does pinch alleviate I itch? I didn't pinch it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. The question again. I like how you divert. I do divert. Yeah, divert. You did that last time too. So what's I'm the starting to see a habit here. Yeah. What's one thing you'll never do again? Eat. Corned beef hash? <laughs> Not eat corned beef hash? That would be great. Yeah. Did you make that commitment today? Are you that, still enjoying the corned beef hash? I haven't, yeah, I haven't had it since. All right. Very since. Since. <laughs> since Shauna made us think of it, I did no, not. No, you made us think of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see what you did there. That was you proud of yourself there. That's great. Uh, no, but seriously, what's one thing you'll never do again, Jeremy? You got something? Oh man, these these make my brain hurt. Yeah, I think for me, like just to be raw is I'm in my twenties. I I actually drank and drove. You know, so I hope that one thing I'll never do again is drink and drive. Hmm. Which you know, think the Lord that he protected me and made it home and all that type of stuff. But, you know, you can definitely look back at certain mistakes that you've made. You're like, what in the world were you thinking? You know, so you just qualified this question. I so now like, I feel like I I've got to think of like there. one of my, you I got a be, lot. You got to be vulnerable. Agreed. Yeah. I would say I, I shared that with you. So what? Same thing. Yeah. Oh, hmm. and you actually got hit by a drunk driver. Yeah. Which is the ironic thing. Um, yeah, I was a, now that Shauna revealed that context, I was walking, I was like 17 years old, walking on the street that I grew up on and uh, was walking, it was about midnight and didn't see the car. Um, it had clipped me from behind and uh, broke my tibia and fibula. Yeah, took a year to recover from that. Um, what's crazy is I actually remember the guy getting out of the vehicle and my leg was all jacked up and I'm kind of freaking out. And, and then um, the driveway that I landed in happened to be one of my friends growing up and his dad actually heard me hit the, the windshield came out to assess the situation and um saw the guy get out of his car and then my friend's dad went and took his keys and called the you know cops and everything like that so um but i remember going back you know just like the legality of it and uh dealing with everything and um like just the criminal charges and um and i remember at, at that age just like how i remember thinking yeah it it sucked what he did to me and the consequences. But I remember thinking I wouldn't want to have to live with that on my conscience knowing that I almost killed somebody because I was under the influence of alcohol. Like, mm-hmm. and then to Shauna's point to, and then we turn around and have done it before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the so. fact that he didn't run too, the fact that he stayed there, that says a lot about the person as well. Yeah. Right? Well, he actually drove down the street and turned around and came back. Mm. So, yeah. But he uh, thought it was a deer or something. I don't think you turn around for a deer unless he was thinking, unless he was I'm thinking from about Arkansas. That's what we hit. Yeah. yeah. And then they would turn around and like put it in the back of their truck. Oh There's dinner goodness. the next night. 
Wow. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Actually, that's, that's yeah. not a joke. All right. So. Are we going to let Jeremy? It's Jeremy's turn. So mine, guys, and I'm terrible at these kind of questions. Just so good. you know. Good. We like to put you on the spot. Um, so it's hard for me to come up with good answers. But mine's a little lighter, probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember um, when I fir- first met my friend, Michael Rasa. First time I ever met him. Uh, he has this beautiful home in Steamboat, Colorado. And so it was summertime. And so we rode up on the mountain on the ski um to the ski lodge and we were going to bike down and uh, he said jeremy the main thing that you have to remember when you're going down is do not hit the brakes (laughs) and so i've never ridden down a mountain before (laughs) and he was he was going fast down the mountain and i was trying to keep up with him well the first time uh, that uh, we hit a corner guess what i did i hit my brakes and i flew almost over a ledge and Mm. like i could see down the mountain because uh, I broke the cardinal rule, so terrified. It took it seemed like days getting down that mountain after I got <laughs> oh back on the road. And uh, so I'll probably never do that again. So the question is: is you'll never hit the brakes, or you'll never go down a mountain on a bike? <laughs> For sure, never hit the brakes. <laughs> uh, going down a mountain is m- maybe still up in the air. That's a it good was fun, but that scared the that is out scary. Of me. Yeah, because you don't want to end up in the air again and dead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what celebrity would you like to meet for a cup of coffee? Hmm. Like celebrity or even ministry leader? Living. It doesn't say. So, would you like to qualify it? Whichever, whatever y'all want. Who do y'all want to meet for a cup of coffee? I would say living. Let's do living. I would have to say Jeff Durbin. Yes. Or Ben Shapiro. Those are both really good ones. Yeah. Yes. Jeff Durbin. That would be a really good one. Yeah, because I feel like I would never get to the coffee. Ben Shapiro, we be t- I would be way too much over my head. Like, yeah. Ben Shapiro for president. Mm. Right? I would totally vote for Ben if he, if he ran for president. Can you imagine? Yeah, I can actually. I mean, yeah, that would be incredible. Anyway, Jeff Durbin, that's a good one. I might take that one too. I was thinking John Piper, obviously. Was well, that my was first my first go-to. immediate thought, but oh. I feel like we saw him last year, so it's like. I know, but I feel like I'm still. Not starstruck, but just in awe of how God has used him in ministry. And he's like this grandpa figure for me, you know? So that would be a good one. I Your think. father in the faith, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would have to really prepare ahead of time. I'd hope I know that this cup of coffee's coming. So, you know, mm. because I think I would be in the moment and just have to record it because I would, wouldn't be able to soak it all up, you know? I would want the exact opposite. What? I would like the bumping into each other, spontaneous, oh, you're here, and then it's like we sit down, and it wasn't planned, and we sit down, and we have a great conversation. Let's go It's almost to, like when you plan for it, it's like you get overwhelmed with... We should just do that. Go to Arizona and like stalk Jeff Durbin, and then like accidentally bump into him, but really we've been stalking him for the last few days. Well, I don't think you need to, because you just go out on the str- street um, where, you know, they, they're out in the streets, you know. That's true. So Apology Radio is... Um, Apologia. What did I say? Apology. Oh. <laughs> it sounded like you said apology. That's what makes you laugh. The question that we had the last podcast, like, what are things that make you laugh? Me. Like, my, um, what, my English language. Well, you don't make very many mistakes, so when you do, I capitalize. I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. So, th- there's one of those questions here. How many languages do you speak? And I'm like, one, but barely that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who would you meet for coffee, Jeremy? Um, before you said they had to be living, I would have said Francis Schaefer. Mm-hmm. Um, would he? He was a game changer for me in my walk. Living, 
I would be fascinated to sit down with James K.A. Smith, whose book has really been a blessing to me this year. And uh, Jordan Peterson would be another guy I'd love to sit down with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those are really good. And you get so close to the gospel with him, and then it's like, oh. Yeah, that's correct. Jordan yeah. Peterson. Yeah. 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 What's the favorite thing about your career? What's the or most? Or there's the biggest complaint about your job. But I can't answer that one because my boss is here. So what's the favorite thing about your job? Let's say job versus career. Is it weird to say career and ministry? It doesn't seem right, right? No, it doesn't. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about um, about being a pastor or a counselor? That's like a whole nother podcast, but... A uh, 10 second version response to that, I think, would be when I get to share God's word and I see people change. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when I say change, meaning like the light bulb moments where they, you, you know, when they share with you that they've never thought about that before, like that, or they've seen that verse a million times and they've never, you know, caught it from that angle and then just how it changes the way that they live, like how it seeing seeing the immediate impact it has on their belief system. And then how it impacts their life as a result. Um, I think that's that's probably one of my most uh, joyful, thank God for that grace, because he doesn't have to afford me that, right? Um, but I'm thankful for that. Um, and I think likewise, the same thing in counseling, too, is when I see clearly what's going on with this person and where, like, if this just one thing would change, like, it would completely revolutionize their life, mm-hmm. uh, change their life. And um, so, yeah, I would I, w- I would say just... Being able to get into God's word and just see effective change in people. Um, like when, so, you know, basically what scripture calls edifying, you know, the edification of the saints and edifying the body. It's like when I have those moments of edification and, and the fruit of that edification, which is seeing them change mm-hmm. to some extent, um, or even realize something. To me, like all of those are amazing moments. And that's, that's not why I live for it, right? But I certainly enjoy it. And, you know, by God's grace, because sometimes we can get discouraged because it's like, you know, we're doing these things and it, there doesn't appear to be any fruit. And um, but so when when God blesses that, it's it's encouraging. So, yeah, I think that's that's obviously a, an easy one, a good one that we all can relate to. I think that's really good. Most of the people who are probably listening. I think the other thing, which obviously there's there's growing pains and how, how to transition into full time ministry. But one of my favorite things is just the fact that my life and everything I do is surrounded around like ministry. You know what I mean? Where, where I used to be in corporate America and there's obviously nothing wrong with that. And you can share the gospel and you, there's so much about like how God can use you in those types of environment. But literally from the moment I wake up and go to bed, like everything I'm doing is focused on multiplication and training and equipping and, and really to, you know, it's, I don't know. That's just really encouraging to think about like all of my thoughts and ideas and, um, everything goes to creating and building certain things to help others grow in the word. If that makes sense. Yeah. Impact people. Yeah. 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 That's That's, good. That's encouraging, which is also overwhelming on the flip side, right? It's a big responsibility, but when you know you're where you're supposed to be, you you're there. Hmm. So, yeah. So I love, uh, one thing I love about counseling is, the spontaneity of the moments. Yeah. Uh, typically, I'm going in, don't exactly know what's going to unfold in the in the uh, session, uh, but just watching how the the spirit guides and directs and shapes that time and prompts me with certain questions and thoughts to to dig deeper, and just being a part of that uh, and seeing people respond, especially people that are really they're motivated to do counseling, 
and um, just working with them. No, no, there's not a a, a protocol in place, yeah. uh, but just the fluidity of it all. Mm-hmm. That's good. All righty, you want to jump into the questions? I think um, a while back when we had spoken to one of the podcasts or on the podcast, and we had communicated that we got some negative feedback, and our podcast is a little immature in a lot of ways. We looked at that and saying, "Hey, we we want to hear um, feedback that's encouraging in a way that even though it's negative, it's it's strengthening us." If that makes sense, right? And so that was kind of what our goal was in in that podcast. But what I am thankful for, and then I also said, you know, isn't it interesting how most people, when they communicate, um, more people will send in the negative versus the positive. Well, I'm thankful for those who've reached out and just provided encouragement and then just being reminded that our podcast is actually in, what, 37 different countries? Is that the latest? Yeah, 39. And we actually had a lady from uh, India just say, um, you know, she just really just gave us some encouragement. And, you know, I wanted to share that we've been an encouragement, the podcast, that they don't get access to any faith-based curriculum or information on counseling with our faith, so the po- of their faith. So the podcast has really blessed them and and been resources for them on site for they so they can point others to Christ, which is really cool. And she's just like, let's kick out that negative feedback and replace it with some random woman from India. And so I just want to thank Cheryl for just you know um, doing that because you know it is we we sit here and we really pray and think through. Are we helping others? Are we encouraging them? Are we meeting you guys where you are? And so that's why we, we, we want to hear from you. So email us at topics at speakthetruth.org or um, message us on Facebook. And that way we can really talk through and communicate exactly what you're wanting to learn or be encouraged by. Um, and so thank you for the positive feedback that we got from that podcast. Yeah, it's good. But what are some of the questions that you have for us today? Uh, some of the questions that have come in um, with all of this. The first one is a heavy one, and we'll you know just just know we'll be doing more of these um, related to this specific topic. You know, as as you know, the year continues and wraps up and in, into twenty twenty one. But topic that we got in uh, was about, was on grief and specifically looking at um, counseling um, a child who's lost a parent and or a parent losing a child. That is that is difficult to, to say the least. Uh, grief is um, the most sought after uh, topic in counseling. Ultimately, um, I just you know, as a matter of fact, speaking of which, um, you know, last year we, you know, you mentioned John Piper when we were at the Desiring God um, dinner or lunch or whatever it was. Um, one of the things that Piper shared is the the most searched uh, topic on Desiring God is grief and suffering, and so this is obviously not a light topic. It is a topic that is most heavy. And uh, not to mention um, when we're talking about, you know, the familial parental uh, reality when it comes to that relationship and losing something like that. Um, and as far as how do you help counsel uh, kids and parents when it comes to that sort of loss? And my initial response to that question is, you know, helping both a child at that level and then a parent realizing the full extent of sin. So, um, you know, the, just the, just the sheer reality of death exists in our, in our world. Um, you know, and then you tie that with, you know, 
parents who are wanting to have children and then they have, you know, stillborns or they have, you know, miscarriages and, and having those conversations, you know, because it impacts the marriage or maybe the wife wanted the child, like desired it so much so. And, the, and now the husband doesn't really know how to support that grieving process. Um, so yeah, th- this is not an easy topic, but um, I would venture uh, to just share in that and just, you know, when it comes to, to, to grieving and suffering that we need to um, understand uh, just when I say macro level, understanding just the, the ultimate reality of the world that we live into, because oftentimes when people are dealing with grief and loss, it it goes into this inward just isolation and brokenness and they begin to ask a lot of questions about why and they don't understand it and not to just give some pithy you know little response about it that doesn't sustain people but the reality is 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 death is unfortunately just one of those realities of the curse uh, that we that we have to live in but because of Christ and because of all of that we have we have an ultimate hope and faith and hope is actually gifts that God has given us temporally speaking because when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 specifically you know we 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 reference that in marriages it's it's the chapter of love but you get towards the end of that and Paul talks about faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love faith and hope are a temporal means of grace because we don't need grace or excuse me, we, we do need grace. We don't need uh, faith and hope um, in in heaven. When we're in the presence of the Lord, that's simply love. That's the reality of God's love in us and for us um, and us being with him. So um, I think dealing with grief um, instead of, you know, working as a result of working through that grief is focusing, uh, having a huge emphasis on faith and hope. Um, yes, grief and, and, and suffering and loss is... is is a, is a deep thing to walk through. But the beautiful thing is God's faith and hope are gifts that are deep enough to sustain us as we're healing through that grief and loss. So that's, that would be my immediate response on that. It's hmm. great. And your other thoughts on that guys? No, I definitely think this should be a podcast in it in itself. Yeah. I'm actually now surprised that you brought that up, that we haven't already done one. Um, you know, obviously the Psalms is, is great. I think this is also one that other people would want to know. I've, I remember being asked before with the Everyday Counselor <clears throat> article that I wrote of how to support those who've lost, you know, just from a coworker standpoint or just a friend standpoint, like, what do I do? What do I not do? Um, you know, where people want to, to, kind of go all in the first couple months, right? When the loss first happens, when in reality, you know, it's something that is continual um, and kind of where their heart aches. I remember someone said um, that had lost someone, everybody's awkward around me where they won't even mention their name. When in reality, like I want to talk about him, you know? So I think real maybe us kind of talking through what to do, what not to do, just, not saying that that's like the answer, but just kind of candidly communicate some of those things would be helpful. Um, obviously, the Psalms is a great uh, book to encourage them to read. Um, Bob Kellerman has a book on grief and loss. Uh, Paul, uh, is it Tatchkeys? Pronounce that. I'm not sure. Okay, you spell his name. We should T A U T G E S. Paul, um, and he has tons of books that would be really helpful for that as well. Like yeah. just to learn more about. Yeah, I'll put some of his books in the okay. show notes. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I actually have several. His I have his grieving book. Okay, so, so let's make note to do a podcast on that. Yeah, that's good. Um, the next one is, and this this goes out to uh, somebody I believe from the UK, and this was late last year. So this goes back to my um, my apology in receiving these late because I wasn't aware of them, but I found them, and so uh, this particular uh, request. Um, and just uh, th- this person talked about dealing with rejection. Now, obviously, rejection is, is I mean, that's a very general, broad reality for most people because, I mean, rejection can be experienced, you know, at the vocational level, clearly at the relational level. But rejection, you know, is, and actually what we've talked about in, you know, the, the podcast with the heart of the matter where, you know, the, the putting off and putting on, um, there's that there's that wheel, that heart wheel right? That emotion wheel and how we deal with things in rejection is one of those realities. And just how do we deal with rejection? You know, there's a reactive reality to re- rejection and then there's a, you know, a preventative measure. And unfortunately, what a lot of people do when it comes to rejection is they, you know, they put up walls. They're so afraid of being rejected again or hurt and feeling sad. And then it leads to anger and just, uh, just all these subsequent realities um, as a result of that. Um, so, Jeremy, do you have any do you have any thoughts on just um, just kind of that you know as as it even relates to that emotional wheel? Just you know, just the the reality of rejection. How does one work through? At least they've acknowledged the fact that they they struggle with rejection. But mm-hmm. how can we help them walk through like things to look at biblically, or or even going back to the heart of the matter and different thoughts that would help with just kind of addressing and moving past that that struggle with rejection? Yeah. So something that I think is really critical in uh, working with someone who's struggled with rejection is to help them um, become very aware that Christ himself has experienced this. And so he has great compassion and he understands and he knows the experience and, and that can help us to um, align with him in our own experience. Uh, it, it, it Rejection is painful. And so I think it's very important as counselors that um, we sit with people in that pain, we sit with them in that struggle, listen to them really well, and uh, do our very best to exhibit a lot of understanding and compassion for the struggle they may be having. We also want to ask the question, in your rejection, what desires have become really prominent in your soul? Yeah. And so it's very often things like approval and acceptance become the primary driver for relationship. And when that becomes the primary driver of relationship, it typically will exacerbate fear and anxiety, the fear of man. Yeah. And so it's it's recentering people around their design. Uh, they are designed to love God and love others. And so a lot of my counseling would be talking to them about, uh, you know, what does it look like to actually go out and love someone? Then I would have them maybe fill out the the heart of the matter. That may have been a miserable experience for them. Yeah. Let's, let's write it down on the log and let's begin to talk about it. But helping people to to just re-engage who they are and what they're designed for as far as the kingdom of God is concerned can be a very powerful antidote to the fear and the anxiety that comes from being rejected. Yeah, that's good. Sean, you got any thoughts on that? No, I I definitely think, you know, the approval part is important to consider, Um, you know, communicating your rejection and the hurt. Sometimes when we are talking with a friend and we're communicating that rejection that we experienced, we could then start talking negative about the other person. 
So my encouragement would be to really encourage the conversation to focus on how this impacted them versus starting to talk negative about the other person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the other person might be in a particular thing and working through things is the reason why they rejected them. But I think the conversation should be more about like, how are they impacted? How did this hurt them? Meeting them where they are in their pain. And because that's not easy, but then where are they actually going to for comfort? You know, mm-hmm. so we don't want them to feel better by talking negative about the other person. So no, I guess what I'm trying no. to say, that was my immediate thought. Um, obviously, Ecclesiastes is good for kind of, you know, the disappointment in the broken world. Um, I, I keep going back to Psalms, but that's obviously really good. I don't know any particular chapter is not standing out in my mind, though, right now. Maybe delighting in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, just, just the, the last one on that and, uh, to, to the person who reached out, um, one of our UK listeners, that's awesome. Um, if there's anything subsequent to this that you'd like us to, to deal with specifically, we, we certainly can. Uh, so feel free to, to give us a little more specifics around that. Um, but as far as rejection and understanding, you know, biblically is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really rooted in a fear of man and approval and performance and all that other stuff. But, um, putting the Lord first and being, being more concerned about pleasing God than man mm-hmm. helps really, re, you know, just really kind of, you know, deal with that rejection. Um, and don't let that rejection define you. Right. Right. So, because I was rejected, there must be something wrong with me. And then that could just take her, take us on a downward spiral. So we definitely want to make sure that our minds are is, is continue to set on Christ and realize that um, that rejection doesn't, I guess, really define you. I don't really know any other terms, but it's kind of like my thought. Yeah, and, it, and, and it, if one's not careful, it can prevent you from having thriving relationships because mm-hmm. you're so concerned about getting hurt that you're, you're subverting um, things into the relationship just out of past experiences of hurt and rejection that's not even there. Right. So, yeah, just it. Yeah, we, we could definitely come back to this um, at a more specific level. Um, but that's good. So the the next one that we had uh, was on the heels of one of our podcasts where it talked about um, basically developing and cultivating a biblical counseling ministry in a local church context. And this person, as a result of that podcast, asked um, if a woman could lead uh, this vision in a church. Um, and my immediate response to that is yes, uh, a woman can, but, uh, one needs to realize that's ultimately at the discretion of, you know, uh, the, the church governance is it elder led, is it one pastor? What, what is the church governance? Um, and how do they, how do they view these sorts of, uh, ministries within the church? So all of those variables come into play. Um, and then obviously their position on, you know, do they allow, you know, women to quote unquote teach or lead men? So this could get into issues of complementarianism, egalitarianism. So just, you know, you just have to know, uh, the sort of church that you're a part of and the way that they view those sorts of things would be my initial response. You know, I think my encouragement is where my last church brought me in, um, this was years ago, to launch the recovery ministry. And where I kind of headed up the launch of the ministry, I worked very closely with the elders of the church and, you know, pastors in really kind of more being 
more the um, hands and feet more so than the authority, if that makes sense, right? I was under their yeah. authority. So, um, so I think there's a way to do that for one, but I also think that I would encourage this, uh, this, this lady or, or whoever else is listening to, uh, realize that I don't think any ministry should really be, um, launched alone. Yeah. So the team, um, aspect is very important and I think vital in the success of, of a ministry. And so, um, so I, like I, I had a brother in Christ, um, volunteer and help lead out in the ministry where he did the majority of the teaching. And so even though um, I'm the one that kind of headed the ministry in a way that worked closest with the eldership, um, we had a whole team that was kind of around supporting and encouraging, right? So um, so that's just what I would encourage is to find your uh, other brothers and sisters in Christ that can help you lead the way. Yeah. Um, that's good. So that's, uh, that's kind of the, the extent of questions that we have at this point. Um, there are a few other questions that came in that would really be more of a case scenario situation that we can answer those specific questions, uh, in a case study. Well, I think we had that last podcast that we did on EMDR. We had some feedback, um, about, about really just kind of the topic in general and really what that was from a biblical counseling standpoint. And one of the things I just want to remind everybody that, you know, speak the truth is really we want to speak the truth, but, and we want to like open up the discussion, you know, we're having, we're not here technically teaching certain things, but more so really inviting you to join us in the room together, right? As we discuss this. These are topics that should be talked about and, and, and to maybe gain better understanding, but realizing that we're limited to only so many minutes. And so, mm. you know, if, even if we did a whole weekend conference, we still wouldn't be able to cover everything. So we're, we're automatically going to get questions that says, well, why didn't you cover this? Or why didn't you talk this? And uh, upset that we fell short in a particular way. But the thought process is, remember, we're in a discussion. We're not going to be able to cover everything from a limited standpoint. But we just want to get you thinking about it, realizing that as pastors and counselors out there, that these are things where people might come into your room and say, I've had EMDR before. Well, if, what is that? And now you have a podcast that you can kind of go back to from a seasoned counsel, biblical counselor and, ha- and and one who is trained in that to really know. Um, but, you know, one of the things, too, that I really want to encourage our listeners is we appreciate feedback. We realize that there's others out there that might have different positions than us or different thoughts on maybe where we land. And that's okay. Like, we welcome that. We aren't... Um, disappointed in you for thinking differently, even though you might be disappointed in us for thinking differently or that we're even having this type of conversation. But our goal here is to speak the truth in love, right? So, um, so some, some people might have given us a comment here or there and left their name off the email, right? They're not very bold and I'm going to lash out at you, but I'm not going to have the courage to tell you who I am where we had others who, um, gave encouragement in a way of where they were and didn't shy away from who they are. And we appreciate that because then what that does is hope, hopefully open up a discussion that we can have with them, not from a we're over here standpoint, but let's talk about it type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have any other feedback on that. You know, last year, I remember uh, Dr. Johnson and I, Eric Johnson, we always 
do a presentation together on my track at the very end um, on the sufficiency of Scripture and what he calls creation grace or common grace. And um, in that in that presentation, um, he got a, I, I gave my position on the sufficiency of Scripture as it. Uh, dealt with, I think, someone who had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. I think that was it. Uh, and I just gave my position of why the scripture would be sufficient to deal with that. And then he got up there and brought some some outside sources to say, here's how I think that some of the literature outside of the Bible could actually be helpful in a Christian context. And he made a, he made a statement that I did not agree with uh, as it regarded... Um, a person being able to counsel just from the Bible. So he made the statement. It, I mean, he was very kind about it. He, Dr. Johnson is not a rude person. He was very kind about it. When I got back up, I did say, I don't agree with that position. I actually believe this. And I stated my case. And I remember afterwards, as soon as uh, we were finished and uh, we were back out in the foyer, uh, Dr. Johnson ran up to me with profound apology hoping that I had not, he had not offended me and that he was so sorry for saying something that I disagreed with. And I just told him, I said, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, we, you and I are far, a lot more on the same page than not in many ways, but we need to be able to disagree in, and model disagreement in a way that brings glory to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say that some of the mm. feedback we got would not qualify for that. Mm-hmm. But what we want to do as a podcast is have conversations and welcome disagreement. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's grow as brothers and sisters in the Lord as we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as EMDR itself, uh, you know, my position, I don't know what your guys' position is, but my personal position is I think it's a beautiful piece of science uh, to bring into the counseling process. Um, and just hearing Eliza's heart on that and how she herself uh, was very skeptical, but went in and wanted to do the hard work of actually learning what it was and experiencing it. Uh, and then the way that she utilizes it you know, if, if I can bring something in at a neurological level uh, that's going to affect neural pathways in such a way that can help a person accept and own their identity in Christ at a deeper level, that's beautiful. That's one of the things that she shared with us at the podcast that just because I have I, I have been doing counseling a long time and people can they can know their identity in Christ and their acceptance in Christ, etc. But they don't really ever experience that because of whatever. There's many reasons for that. Um, but in these particular cases that, that she's dealing with, if that kind of a, of a method is going to help them at a brain level to assimilate some of that at a, at, at a, in a way that's more meaningful, I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be biblical counselors out there that totally disagree with us that's okay. I, I appreciated the idea that Eliza brought to the table. Is there anything unbiblical about the way she utilizes EMDR and EMDR, EMDR, EMDR itself? And she said no. And she's she's very honest about um, if you take it as you're trained, it's very person centered. But you don't have to uh, utilize it that way. You can it, you can actually transpose it in such a way that it is very God centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I just think, you know, some people lash out, you know, in ignorance and in reality, they haven't really done a lot of the research and mm-hmm. they want to say it's hypnosis and other types of stuff when in reality, they need to take time to really even have a, a healthier conversation. So even if let's just say they thought it was hypnosis, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't there a better way to respond and asking a particular question, maybe how is this different than hypnosis? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's the heart and the attitude behind 
how we disagree. Mm-hmm. And I I just I really want the church to get to a state where we we feel comfortable to come to our brothers and sisters and talk about these types of things. And the more that we are we have an attitude and hatred and we speak against our brother and sister, we're not building up, you know, we're not giving grace to those who hear. Um, we're maybe even hindering our own growth mm-hmm. because we're not asking the right questions. We're just giving our opinions mm-hmm. or our initial thoughts versus trying to really understand. And, and for um, me personally, pushback and disagreement can be a blessing to yeah. me because maybe I am wrong. Right. Maybe I do need to rethink some things. Mm-hmm. So there's just a, a very healthy way to do that, that, that I welcome. Right. I um, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, just wrapping up, um, wrapping up this podcast with that final thought is, you know, when it comes to the body of Christ and the one another's of scripture, when it talks about subjecting yourselves to one another, mm. that's part of that subjection, mm. having a conversation. Cause maybe I do need to change my thinking, but if I'm not talking with people, there's no way to change my thinking. Cause right. I'm stuck on my own head. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. So that is, that is the heart behind why we have topics. Um, and guess what? To Shauna's point, even if it's, you know, EMDR or, or, or different methodologies and different ways to use it to God's glory, um, just because we talk about it doesn't necessarily mean we're practicing it in our own, in our own biblical counseling ministry, but mm-hmm. we have conversations about it mm-hmm. because it's a reality. Um, mm-hmm. not just dismissing things to dismiss them and not doing your due diligence and fully understanding those things. So mm-hmm. that that would be our exhortation to those who would, you know, cast the stone, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, without without actually, you know, doing the due diligence and, and then allowing us to have a meaningful discussion. So, but yeah, we, we appreciate the questions. Keep them coming, please. Again, you can get that at uh, topics at speakthetruth.org. And you can also engage with us on the website, speakthetruth.org. And uh, we look forward to your questions. Write us on on. Facebook yeah, rate us on uh, rate us on uh, Apple Podcast. We're we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, different ways. Uh, but it looks like the majority of our listeners are on Apple Podcasts. So whatever your means of ingesting, speak the truth. Uh, please go and give us some reviews. Uh, that way, we can continue to get this podcast at the level that we are wanting it to to get to, so that we can encourage and help those who are having a lot of these questions. We love you guys. We'll see you next time.